0: The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It is... Thursday, February 24th, the day that our Susan Powell episode just came out. And of course, wouldn't you know, this afternoon, if you listen, you know that we were waiting about um, some bones that they had found in a mine to see if they had been her. Everyone was kind of having high hopes, but cautionary high hopes that they could be her. And of course, this afternoon, right after we put out the podcast, it came out that the bones were not human. Couldn't have come out yesterday or last night, right before I put out the episode. So I could have included it. Of course not, because that's not how our lives work
1: ever. I think I said in the episode that I probably didn't think it was Susan, but then I started to maybe get a little bit hopeful because her father said that he was cautiously optimistic that the bones were hers. So I thought he's probably going to be the one who knows best out of anyone. But yeah, it turns out that they're not hers. He made a statement Chuck Cox is her father. So he made a statement saying the bones were found to be non human. Um, But he also said there was a sock and a piece of blouse material that was not tested, so we have asked that they be tested. And they're also going back to see if they can find any small pieces of bone in the mine. I I said to Stephanie earlier today I would love to know why they are focusing on this specific mine so much. They must have a really good reason to think that this is where Susan was, you know, dumped by Josh.
0: When I was watching, they did a um, 2020 episode on it, um like, last week sometime, maybe earlier this week. I don't know, the days all blur together at this point. But <laughs> they interviewed the people, like, the company or whoever was helping, like, look into the mines, that mine specifically. And they said that they'd gotten a tip about that mine or that area specifically, and that they believe it's in the area that Josh may have gone for some reason. They're super vague. Like, I don't know exactly about They didn't say anything about the tip. They didn't say anything about, like, who called it in. Why they think he was there.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do find anything. Um, I am not super hopeful. I feel like Josh probably disposed of Susan in a way that would make it very hard for her to be found. It's
0: weird that they found bones that aren't human, but also found clothes, like pants and maybe like a piece of a blouse, I think they said. Mm, Like, what are the fucking chances?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Chuck has said, he made another statement about the search. He said, the search goes on. This effort has also resulted in numerous agencies now determined to work together, sharing resources and information with a renewed goal to find Susan. At least that's one good thing. Maybe it's kind of renewed the public interest and more people will start searching for Susan again now. Mm -hmm. The Search goes on.
0: Mm -hmm. Will it go on
1: forever? Probably, but we (laughs) hope not. Hopefully not.
0: I'm really, I need, well, I guess it won't matter at this point because I was going to say, I really need everyone to say a prayer that I get a snow day tomorrow because like my job's been crazy and I just really want a day off and it's going to snow tonight. (laughs) But by the time this comes out next week, it'll be way too late (laughs) for anyone to say a prayer for me. Maybe it'll be an upcoming. Just always (laughs) like
1: say a prayer for a snow day for me. Snow day anytime soon, please. We've been having crazy weather here too. It's just been raining nonstop. And then last night, it was the heaviest rain I have ever seen in my life. I saw someone in our area saying they've lived here for 18 years and they've never ever seen rain like it. We had like a waterfall in our backyard. All the roads are closed. It's just very waterlogged, very wet. So I'm hoping that it won't interrupt the recording today with the sound of rain, but if you can hear it a little bit, that's what's going on. It's crazy crazy weather.
0: I could hear it before, but I can't really hear it now. Yeah, so. it's
1: it has slowed down a lot now and it looks like it is maybe getting a little bit clearer, so hopefully it'll stay clear for this recording anyway before it starts again. So today we're going with a little bit of a lighter true crime
0: topic, not to say that like there aren't victims of it who we feel terrible for, but it's not murder. And with the state of the world, I think we all need some influencers that we can at least make fun of, kind of. So we're going to be talking about influencer social media scammers today, people who faked illnesses for money, like conned people into their fitness plans and who are generally just insufferable human beings, um, on par with the popularity of kind of like the Tinder swindler, Inventing Anna,
1: all the shows that are on Netflix right now that everyone is into. We've had a few messages from people asking if we're going to do episodes on the Tinder swindler and Inventing Anna. I I said to Stephanie maybe this could be kind of an ongoing series that we do every few months. We could focus on some other social media scammers. So we're not doing those two today because I feel like they're probably – Quite well covered at the moment, but we have found information on three other social media scammers that we'll be talking about.
0: Yeah, we figured why tell a story that you guys can all see on Netflix, (laughs) who will do it better than we will because they're a big billion-dollar company. We'll just talk about some some other ones that you guys might not know about.
1: And two of the scammers that we're going to speak about are like their scams have actually been uncovered this month, so it's very very current. But you may not know about them as of yet. So we're also going to travel a little bit today. We're actually going to Australia first to talk about Belle Gibson. She's the first scammer and she's, I think, probably one of the most well-known scam artists in Australia. Her story I followed at the time, like in real time, and it was crazy. It involved multi-million, it involved Apple, like she scammed Apple. So (laughs) she got very lucky. And then the other two that we're going to speak about is human rights and human trafficking advocate Coco Berthman, And also fitness slash Christianity slash whatever influencer, Brittany Dawn from Texas. Yes, we've got a mixed bag today, (laughs) women to chat about. So the first case we're going to speak about is the
2: case of Australian woman, Belle Gibson. A young, beautiful woman gets given the terrible news she has inoperable brain cancer and only four months to live. The courageous Bell Gibson tries chemotherapy and radiotherapy, but no luck, so turns to alternative medicine to battle the disease. Thankfully, it seems to work, as she tells the world through social media. It's a truly inspiring story. Hundreds of thousands of sympathetic followers and fellow sufferers live every step of her journey and celebrate her success as she becomes the poster girl for the alternative wellness industry. There's an award-winning app and a cookbook. Belle Gibson has made it. Except it's all a lie, a great big lie. She doesn't have cancer, never did. Until this day, Belle claims unscrupulous natural therapists duped her into believing she was dying. But tonight, we have the proof that this is a lie too. Belle Gibson is not a victim, she is a fraud.
1: She was born Annabelle Nadler Gibson on 8th of October 1991 in Launceston in Tasmania. So Belle has given a lot of interviews over the years. She said that basically she had a pretty dysfunctional childhood. She moved all over the place and that her parents were pretty absent. She said that she moved to Queensland at some point but that she moved out of the family home at age 12. She also told the media that she left school in year 10 or grade Tenth grade, but then she's also contradicted herself in other interviews and said that she was actually homeschooled for her, I guess, schooling life. She did work for some time as a trainee for a catering supply company, and by late 2008, she had relocated to Perth in Western Australia, so basically the opposite side of the country to where she had been living. And she was very involved in the skateboarding culture. And she was um, there's been a lot of posts um, from her, you know, that have surfaced online for, about her skateboarding and you know her hobbies and things like that of a random thing to just like throw in there. <laughs> Belle moved from Perth to Melbourne in July 2009 and she gave birth to her son Oliver when she was 18 in 2010. So when she was 21 in 2013, she launched an app called The Whole Pantry. The app was reportedly downloaded 200,000 times with- within its first month and it was voted Apple's best food and drink app of 2013. So I followed Belle actually around the time. Like I heard about her story and what she was going through and I started to follow her. So I saw this all kind of going down in real time. She was flown to America by Apple. She went to all these kind of Apple conferences and was, you know, basically Apple's golden girl when all this was happening. In September 2014, she was working with Apple to get the whole Pantry app um, installed by default on the Apple Watch, which was being launched in April 2015. So that's a big deal. Like for Apple to put your app on their watch that's just about to be launched, that would have been a massive deal for her.
0: If you're allowed to delete it or if it was one of those pre-installed ones that you can't fucking delete. <laughs> like
1: the U2 album, remember that? <laughs> yeah, the curse of the U2 album. Um, so – She launched it in 2013, and by early 2015, it was estimated that in excess of $1 million had been made in sales of the Whole Pantry app and book. Part of Belle's success was due to the fact that she claimed she had cured her terminal brain cancer by making changes to her diet and lifestyle. She did have a blog at one point. All of her stuff has been taken down now, but thank goodness for screenshots. And um, on the blog, she told her followers that at one point she had just been given four months to live. And then she said by living healthily, she said that she had survived for four years past the four-month diagnosis. In interviews, Bell told reporters that she had malignant brain, blood, spleen, uterine, liver and kidney cancer, which she said that she, I guess she contracted this cancer after she had a reaction to the Gardasil cervical cancer vaccine. And that she when she wrote the whole pantry book in 2014, she wrote that she had been stable for two years now with no growth of the cancer. So Belle's story began to unravel though, when many people started to notice the inconsistencies in all the things that she said. She did tell media outlets that the cancer had reached her liver and kidneys. And three months earlier, though, she posted on the whole pantry's Facebook page that her cancer had actually spread to her brain, blood, spleen, and uterus. She also said that she had undergone heart surgery several times and that she had died momentarily on the operating table.
0: Uh, A lot going on.
1: (laughs) She said that she had suffered a stroke at one point, but when she was asked, she was unable to name any doctors who had treated or diagnosed her. She also had no scars from any of these kind of alleged operations that she underwent. Most of Bell's claims were pretty uncontroversial, really. Like, you know, she advocated healthy eating and all that type of thing. But then she began to promote some dangerous alternative therapies, and people started to get really mad. She often spoke about Gerson therapy, anti vaccination, and the consumption of non pasteurized raw milk. So, if you're not familiar with Gerson therapy, it's based on the belief that disease is caused by the accumulation of unspecified toxins, and that basically to treat these illnesses, patients need to consume a vegetarian diet, including hourly glasses of organic juice. And they also sometimes receive enemas of coffee, castor oil, and sometimes hydrogen peroxide. There was another Australian wellness blogger called Jessica Ainsco, and she ended up dying from cancer at age 29 in 2015. She also, like she legitimately had cancer and she didn't use, you know, traditional methods or medicine to treat her cancer. She only used alternative therapies, including Gerson therapy but she did end up passing away in 2015. Also, in terms of the raw milk, um, it's illegal for human consumption in Australia and in Victoria where where Belle lives, one three-year-old died and another four children under the age of five became seriously ill after consuming non-pasteurised milk in 2014. So, you know, obviously not saying that's linked to Belle, but the timing of when these children were sick and dying is around the time that she was promoting, you know, drinking raw milk.
2: And your whole trade was on, on these poor people. That, that you inspired them, that they felt sorry for you, that you showed them a path. I mean, you profited from that. You gained from that in reputation and in income.
3: I didn't trade in my story yes, or, in other, or in other people's
2: lives. You did trade in your story. Belle, it's all here. It is is there. It's all here. You know, you go on Instagram in 2013. I have been healing a severe and malignant brain cancer for the past few years with natural medicine, Gerson therapy, and foods. It's working for me. It is. (laughs) And you said you didn't have brain cancer.
3: No, I didn't. No. But when I was writing that, I thought that I did, and I was feeling
2: well. Yes, but even then you misrepresented what you thought was your truth, which was all a big lie anyway. I'm really sorry
3: and it hurts me and I beat myself up every day for how I have uh, hurt those who mean a lot to me.
1: Even though she was saying she had experience, you know, all these things with treating her alleged cancer, she was preaching pretty dangerously. She had no experience. She was just making up as she went along. Bell and the Whole Pantry claimed to have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years, but then many people started to come forward and said that they had never received money that had been promised to them by Bell. She said multiple times in 2014 that the Whole Pantry had donated approximately $300,000 to charities, including maternal health care in developing nations, medical support for children with cancer, and she also said that she had funded schools in Africa. In late 2014, when the Whole Pantry app was pre-installed on the Apple iPad, Bell had said on Instagram that she was working with over 20 different charities and her LinkedIn said that she was a philanthropist. She eventually admitted that she had seriously overstated the level of contributions that the Whole Pantry and herself had made to charity. Investigations in 2015 found that only $7,000 out of the alleged $300,000 had been donated. In March that year, a family came forward and said that their child had brain cancer and that Bell had been fundraising, you know to raise money for treatment for the child. But they said they were unaware that Bell what she was doing and that she was kind of using their child for fundraising purposes, and that they never received any of the money at all. So once Bell's fraud became more, you know evident and people started questioning the culpability of Apple and also publishing company Penguin who published her her you know well, her whole pantry book. They asked why these companies hadn't done more background checks into Bell and into her claims. Apple, in response in March 2015, declined to remove the whole Pantry app from sale, stating that its only concern was about the functionality of the app. However, they did remove it from the Apple Watch and they subsequently deleted the app in the end from the Apple Store and removed it from all Apple Watch promotional material. Penguin Books also removed the whole pantry book from sale. The company agreed to pay $30,000 to the Victorian Consumer Law Fund as a penalty for failing to validate the factual content of the book. In late April 2015, Bell gave an interview to the Australian Women's Weekly in which she basically admitted that she had made everything up. She blamed her lies on her childhood and her upbringing and she said that her now estranged mother had made her take care of herself and her young brother since the age of five. Belle has never apologised or she's never really admitted any guilt. In a May 2015 interview with the Australian Women's Weekly, her mother Natalie Dalbello kind of refuted everything that Belle has said. She also said that Belle falsely claimed that her brother was autistic and this isn't true. Um, And in June 2015, Belle was rumoured to have received $45,000 for an interview with the Nine Network show 60 Minutes. And we've got a clip here of Belle on 60 Minutes, so you can have a listen and see how insufferable she really is.
2: Were you in hospital at the time that you were posting these? No. I mean, you go into extraordinary details. I had surgery about seven hours ago. The doctor comes in and tells me the draining failed and I went into cardiac arrest and died for just under three minutes. I had the most intense bruising from the paddles when they electrocuted me back to consciousness. Mm-hmm. I Minus think... the wires and constant throwing up of blood. Anyway, the procedure failed and I died.
3: See, I haven't read back through all of that but I also think when you're young and have gone through the situation I had just gone through, you are melodramatic.
2: I don't have... (laughs) Melodramatic now? I mean, they're straight-out lies. You weren't in hospital, you are claiming you were. You claimed you died twice. You didn't. You claimed you had two cardiac arrests. You didn't. That's not melodramatic, that's straight-out lying. It is. Extraordinary lies. And if you lie about that and you go to those extraordinary lengths to create the story around that lie. Mm -hmm. How can we believe anything you say now?
3: Tara, I have lost everything and I'm not here to regain it. But when you hit rock bottom, there is only an opportunity to be honest and to heal and to apologise. And I'm here to do that.
1: On March 15, 2017, Bell's case went to the federal court, Justice Deborah Mortimer delivered the decision that quote, most but not all of the claims against Bell were proven. Justice Mortimer found that Bell's claims had been misleading and deceptive and that Bell had no reasonable basis to believe that she had cancer from the time she began making these claims in public to promote the whole pantry book and apps in 2013. But she also said there was not enough evidence to prove that Bell was not acting out of delusion. In September 2017, Bell was fined Australian $410,000 for making false claims about her donations to charity. As far as I know, as of February 2022 on recording, Bell has not paid the fines. In a two, She wrote a letter in 2017 to the court and she said that she was at least $170,000 in debt and had $5,000 to her name. So I guess now she's almost at $600,000 in debt once you add those $410,000 fine in. Um, she told the court at that time that her income income was coming from government handouts and from odd jobs on task. So she really fell hard when this all came out. Since The scam has kind of been made public and everyone knows what Belle did. She's been very quiet. All her social media is down. She did make a fake account under the name Harry Gibson, which she used to post a little bit, you know, a few years ago. It seems to be pretty quiet now. But one of the last public sightings of Belle was in January 2020. This is so random. I I don't really understand what's going on here. But she appeared in a video claiming that she had been adopted by Melbourne's Ethiopian community. She was wearing a headscarf, you, like, we'll put a clip in here of the video, it's crazy.
3: My advice is in line with our hero, Joa. Yeah. You know, let's look to the jasa, just like the Gada system teaches us, like our forefathers have taught us, like our leaders have, are telling us now. Conduct yourself with samsafu, hold yourself. Don't make it worse for our people at this time. Defend yourselves and defend your honour, defend your identity. Sleep with one eye open. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sleep with one eye open, that's the advice. But wearing
1: a headscarf and she was using the name Sabontu, she spoke about the plight of the Oromo people. She said that she'd been involved in the community for about four years and has become, quote, deeply invested in it. The president of the Australian Oromo Community Association in Victoria said that Belle was not a registered volunteer. She is not a community member and she's also not working with the community. He said he'd only seen her at events maybe two or three times. He expressed that nobody seemed to know who she was and that he'd only just learnt of her backstory. He said that he really wanted her to stop saying that she's part of their community. <laughs> I, I don't I understand what her thinking behind this was. Maybe people – I feel like she must really be delusional to believe that this is going to help her public image.
0: Did she – I feel like she probably thought, like, that they wouldn't know who she was, which is probably, like, an ignorant and racist thought. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe.
0: Like, as if they, like, don't know the internet and, like, what's going on with the world. Just more people for her to spam.
1: So that same year, so it must have been around the same time that she was in that video, January 2020, the Sheriff's Office of Victoria raided her home in Northcote and they seized items to kind of recoup their unpaid fines. Her home was raided again on the 21st of May in 2021 and they said again that was to try and recoup her unpaid fines. The Consumer Affairs Victoria spokesperson spoke about the raids and said Ms Gibson owes the Victorian public a substantial debt. A Consumer Affairs Victoria will continue to pursue repayment. A warrant of seizure and sale on Miss Gibson was executed today by Sheriff's officers at an address in Northcote. So as we said, Belle hasn't really ever apologised or admitted what she did was wrong. In one interview that she gave, she said, I don't want forgiveness. I just think speaking out was the responsible thing to do. Above anything, I would like people to say, okay, she's human. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's always their excuse like i think pretty much all of them that we're talking about today have said this and anytime there's like a influencer apology video a la jacqueline hill whoever they're always like i'm human i make mistakes i'm not perfect like okay so am i and i'm not fucking defrauding and scamming people taking
1: millions of dollars from people for something that <laughs> yeah isn't- like yeah. oops mistake I feel like in Belle's case, there was a lot of people who had egg on their faces because I guess there was no due diligence done. For example, she also won, the Cosmopolitan Magazine was a big magazine here, probably around that time, you know, a big women's magazine. She even, she won an award from them and her title was the Fun Fearless Female Award in the social media category. So like there's heaps of photos of her at that event. She's holding the award, you know, very smug. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's cra- I, just, I still can't believe that she managed to pull the wool over Apple's eyes, even Penguin, you know, the book publisher's eyes. It's a lot.
0: I can't really, like, remember, like, I don't have a great memory when it comes to what happened during what time, but I feel like this was around the time when influencers were really becoming more of, like, a big, big thing. Yeah. And, it, like, all these people and companies were just seeing opportunities to use these people to make money and to do ads and whatever and to have like a bigger outreach to their audience that no one did their homework, instead just saw dollar signs and were like, she's got a big following. These people listen to her, like,
1: let's do something. It's, um, because if she had have not lied about having cancer, you know, I know she might not have got the attention that she did, but if, you know, she could have just had a health and wellness thing with no qualifications, that would have been fine. But I think the fact that she just lied about all these illnesses and having four months to live and she'd already survived four years and, you know, all that type of thing is what was her downfall.
0: Yeah, when you you start saying things like eating healthy will cure your stage 4 cancer
1: is pretty dangerous. And I remember when Jessica, the other influencer who I mentioned, when she passed away, there was a big discussion about kind of the responsibility of influencers with promoting these type of therapies because in the end it can result in someone dying and you know that you know I I think that was the first time or one of you know the first times in this whole kind of influencer stage where people actually realize that they're what they said might have some consequences.
0: Yeah it's there's like a fine line between like being like a healthy fitness working out what kind of food to eat blogger and then being someone with no medical background, preaching about how to cure cancer and anti-vaccination stuff and just things like, like, if you don't have a medical background, and I I know this is, like, potentially a hot, controversial okay. thing to say, but, like, if you don't have a med- medical background, you really have no right to be giving people medical advice. Recommending. Even if, like, if something worked for you, doesn't mean yeah. it would work for someone else.
1: Even it's us- dangerous. I found a thing from Elle magazine and that they did an article about Belle at the time and the heading is, the most inspiring woman you've met this year. App creator, social media sensation, author, terminal cancer patient, Elle sits down with Belle Gibson The in in italics, relentlessly positive force behind the whole pantry. Yes, a very interesting one and it seems like Belle will never have to pay for what she did. It seems like they're never going to get any money back from her. She's still just living a life no consequences. Must be nice. (laughs) Before we get into the rest of our episode about the other two scammers, we're going to chat quickly about our sponsor today, Apostrophe. Have you ever had an acne breakout come at the worst possible time? I know that I have. I remember just a few days before my wedding, probably from stress or hormones, Who know, I broke out right in the middle of my chin.
0: Yeah, for me, it was my high school graduation. And every time I see those pictures, I see the huge pimple that was on my face that I felt so insecure about. It was the worst. We've all had struggles with our skin, and that's why we're excited to partner with Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. You
1: just need to simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history. Then take a few selfies, and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe.
0: With Apostrophe, I tried that out. just fill out the form, take the pictures, boom, it's done. It's so easy. Much easier than going to the doctor's office.
1: So we have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an Apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash TCS. When you use our code TCS, this code is only available for our listeners. So to get started, you just go to apostrophe.com slash TCS, click begin visit, and then use the code TCS to sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. So that's apostrophe.com slash TCS and use the code TCS to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. We thank Apostrophe for sponsoring today's podcast. The
0: next social scammer we're going to talk about is Coco Berthman. Um, I know you had her
1: YouTube channel up. Yeah. So she's got a YouTube with four and a half thousand subscribers. She does only have four videos. Um, we might put a clip of one of them in here. But um, they're titled, I was held as a child sex slave, human trafficking in your neighborhood Surviving tra- child trafficking is not enough. And then she also has a video of herself seeing courage by Celine Dion So you can go and check that out if you're interested
4: Hi, I don't know how you ended up watching this video But I'm sure grateful if you would see me on the street, you would probably think I'm the typical girl next door But I'm here to tell you that this narrative is not true. I wish I could be the typical girl next door, and I wish I could have been in my childhood. But I'm a child trafficking survivor and I was held as a child sex slave for the first 15 years of my life by the people I should have trusted the most. I was hidden in plain sight. I wasn't held somewhere in a dungeon. I was going to school, I was going to dance classes on horseback riding. I was right there in the middle of everyone, and no one saw me. I'm here to tell you today that we have more slaves today than ever before in history. We have 40, over 40 million people enslaved in human trafficking. Every year, we have over 6 million children exploited to commercial sex and held as sex slaves.
0: Coco, she currently has 60,000 followers on her private Instagram, and this is her bio. Coco Berthman, she slash her, survivor, forensic psychologist, neurology, author, activist, health promoter, currently fighting stage three cancer, mantle
1: cell lymphoma. And then there is a GoFundMe link. So the GoFundMe has been taken down, but I've managed to find it on the way back machine. The goal was $100,000 to raise. And at the time, or the the screenshot that I've got, they've raised $4,500. So the bio on the GoFundMe says, our dear friend Coco Berthman was just diagnosed with stage three mantle cell lymphoma. That's an aggressive cancer and her prognosis is unknown at this point, but the average survival rate is 30% with a life expectancy of only two to five years. Coco is 28 years young and is on her own with no family support. Her doctors are looking at multiple treatment options, including chemo and T-cell therapy, a newly approved treatment that will hopefully have more long-term success than chemo. She's also hoping to incorporate some holistic treatments as well. Coco's life has been filled with so much trauma and yet she has always found a way to fight through it all and triumph. She has been a source of hope to so many, especially other survivors. She has dedicated her life fighting for others. Let us now rally together and fight for Coco. Please join us in raising money to offset her medical expenses. Let's show her how much we appreciate her and her efforts and that there is always hope, even in the face of cancer. A little bit more background
0: about Coco, and this is according to her. So really, who knows how true it is? But according to her, she was born and raised in Germany. Her real name is Sandra Renata Ruff. She says that her family trafficked her from her childhood until November second, two thousand nine, when she ran away from home to the sound of Celine Dion. She told Daily Herald, "Quote: I went to the door, put in my iPod, put on Taking Chances by Celine Dion, then I just ran." really likes Celine Dion. The fact that she's saying she put on Celine Dion to run away makes me automatically think she's lying. Like, you're running away. You're not like, what's the soundtrack? (laughs) This info is from an article featuring Coco from Deseret.com. Coco Berthman was born and raised in Germany, where where she said her family trafficked her for the first 15 years of her life until she ran away from home. Now she works to address misconceptions about human trafficking. Coco said she was right in the middle of everyone while her abuse was happening. She wasn't locked up the way some people picture victims of trafficking. She took horseback riding and dance lessons and was around others. It wasn't until she watched an American TV show that she started seeing similarities between her home and things she saw on the show and started realizing something's wrong. In 2016, while volunteering with refugees in in America, she recalled the abusive behavior patterns she experienced in her family. She said if she would have recognized them as a child, she would have escaped earlier. Coco has said she joined an a pair agency, which is how she ended up moving to the USA in February 2017. She settled on Utah from 2018 to 2021. She attended Ensign College in Salt Lake City, where she earned her associate's degree in marketing. From September 2018 to October 2018, she worked for Alliance Digital Agency in Salt Lake City as a social media specialist. From October 2018 to November 2019, she worked for LDS Business College in Salt Lake City as a digital Marketing program assistant, and from February 2019 to April 2020, she was an ARISE Project for Humanity board director in Salt Lake City.
1: Seemed like she was doing a lot for human rights and trafficking, and th- or, you know, pretending to do a lot anyway. I guess.
0: Yeah, most of Coco's websites have been taken down, but you can still see parts of them on the Wayback Machine. Clearly, our favorite website these days, cause <laughs> we definitely used it for Susan Powell. We used it on the last yeah. one. The internet never forgets people. She did have a website for the Coco Berthman Scholarship, which said, Coco Berthman is founder and president of the Coco Berthman Scholarship Fund. She was born and raised in Germany. She is a counter-trafficking specialist and aspiring international civil rights attorney. Coco enables all segments of society to fight human trafficking by educating and speaking internationally and teaching law enforcement, first responders, forensic staff, and communities about the horrific reality of human trafficking. As a survivor, Coco made it her personal aim to free other victims out of the hands of traffickers. Her unique experience of bondage and escape from such heinous crimes have enabled multiple dignitaries
1: free... Doesn't make sense. This is the actual copy from the website. It's very poorly written. Okay.
0: Um, ...have enabled multiple dignitaries free and rescued enslaved
1: victims... So on the way back, Machine, you can also see that there's kind of a bio that Coco, I assume, has written about how she kind of got involved in, I guess, fighting for human rights. Is there like a crazy bird in the background? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Oh, my God. No it. away. So Wait, noisy. is that like a
0: wild bird?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a bird. It's a wild bird.
0: I know. I didn't think so. It's so loud. Oh, my God. What are they doing? <laughs>
1: it sounds like it's in your house. <laughs> Stop. Hold on. I'll just go and shut the other
2: window. Hold on a sec.
1: On the website, there's also kind of a bio that I assume Coco has written about how she got involved in fighting for human rights. She worked with a man called Aros Artemis, and she said they met in 2015 while both were speakers at an event. Aros is an educator and founder of the Adaptive Operation, which is an organization that performs rescue missions for human trafficking survivors. Aros apparently invited Coco to attend one of his training sessions in 2019. And that kind of led her to join in rescue missions. And she wrote, we believe in a world that comes together hand in hand to fight the greatest human right challenge of this history. We believe in fighting human trafficking one diploma at a time. So all those things that I read is how exactly how she wrote it. It's very poorly written. There's no proofreading, you know, lots of typos, lots of poor copy on there. I don't know if some of it is maybe because if she is really from Germany, that it was maybe a second language thing, but yeah, I don't mm, know. True.
0: So that's some background info on
1: her. She seems, you would think that she would be um, like
0: a great upstanding person, someone that you could trust. But that seems like it's exactly what she wanted you to think. Um, so in January 2022, Coco allegedly told her friend Amy Bowler that she had stage 3 mantle cell lymphoma cancer. On February 3rd, 2022, the friend Amy starred the GoFundMe that we mentioned before for Coco. Um, it raised more than ten thousand dollars as of february 17th like we said it was taken down but still linked in her instagram bio so coco claimed she was receiving treatments at huntsman's cancer institute along with specialists in chicago and alaska authorities began looking into coco's claims following a tip-off the complaint claimed that berthman was a habitual liar and that the 28 year old also allegedly falsely claimed that her mother sent people to the united states to kill her Coco told South Jordan police that she had been treated at the Huntsman Cancer Institute but left because she couldn't be treated with chemotherapy. An investigation which included warrants being served at the, at the Huntsman Cancer Institute determined she was never a patient at the facility in an affidavit obtained by KSL. Coco allegedly told police she would email them her medical record substantiating her diagnosis but she failed to even send anything through. When police confronted her, she changed her story. She said she was actively seeking treatment at Intermountain Medical Center. On February 16, 2022, Coco was booked into Salt Lake City Jail for an investigation into alleged communications fraud relating to an alleged faked cancer diagnosis. After she was booked by police, Coco claimed she possessed the correct medical documents in a specific drawer, but when authorities searched the location, they only found documents relating to taxes, vehicles, school, and other personal records. So that is where we stand currently with Coco.
1: Uh, like, it's interesting to me that they've taken her into custody, but it's been like four or five days now at the time of recording, and there hasn't really been anything else released. There's no updates. Um, I'm assuming she's probably still in custody because her the GoFundMe is still up on the Instagram, um, which means maybe she doesn't have access to it.
0: She's probably still sending them to random drawers in her house looking for those medical records. Mm. I feel like that was her, like, fuck you, like, yeah, it's in that, like, drawer in my house if you go look. Very strange. I feel like people who do the fake cancer stuff think they won't get caught because they think they're protected by HIPAA, but like police can still subpoena and get your medical records.
1: Yeah. And especially maybe she didn't realize, maybe being not from America apparently. So I don't know. It's weird. That's true. The reason why like
0: things like this annoy me and probably annoy everyone is because then when there really are like legit GoFundMes for someone who has cancer, it makes you second guess donating to them sometimes because you're like okay how do I know this is real how do I know it's not a scam and that's why like in our Facebook group for a long time we like don't even let people post GoFundMes because there's so many that we have seen that end up just being
1: scams yeah it's crazy like there are so many scams and even people be like hey can I have this GoFundMe to raise money because my dog needs a new (laughs) doghouse? no (laughs) yeah that
0: was (laughs) something someone sent us or something similar
1: So, yeah, I don't know. I I just, I can't believe the audacity that these people have to think they're going to get, be able to get away with actually asking for money for non-existent cancer treatments.
0: Yeah. And what's sad is that like her um, activism for human trafficking probably came from a good place and she did seem to be spreading awareness about it and did, it is something that, I mean, sure she could have been lying, but let's say she's not like, she did have awareness about it. She did have inside knowledge about it. She could have done a good thing with it, but now it just kind of tarnished anything she's done at all, whereas you can't even – like, you just can't trust her now. So it's just ruined any work that she did with human trafficking as well, basically.
1: Mm, yeah, it's a crazy case. I don't know what will happen. I, I wonder if she's going to be kind of absolved of any wrongdoing because her friend made the GoFundMe. No, it wasn't actually mm. directly her. So maybe she could say, well, I did. But she obviously knew because it's linked in her profile. So I've made a few posts on our Instagram about this case, like, you know, with articles. And I've had a few messages from people going, I cannot believe this. I followed her for such a long time. You know, this was the last thing they would have expected, apparently, from her. So yeah,
0: it's crazy with influencers, especially ones that you follow for a long time. you really do kind of feel like you know them in a sense or as something like this comes out, it's kind of shocking.
1: Yeah. I remember feeling like that with Belle Gibson. Like I used to watch her videos of her crying about cancer and, you know, and then when it came out that none of it was true, just mind blowing.
0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself.
1: I know that a lot of us will drop anything to go help someone that we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? I think that we can all think of a time where we've dropped everything to go be with a friend after a breakup or cooked a meal to take to someone who was unwell, but I think it's equally as important that we invest some time in ourselves. When I want to show myself some real self-care, I really make an effort to get to the gym or at least do a home workout. Sometimes I splurge, go and get my hair done. (laughs) But whether it's fresh air, getting enough sleep or making an appointment to chat with a therapist, we all need to make sure that we treat ourselves kindly.
0: So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. I've mentioned before, I've gone to therapy in the past. I've always struggled with very bad anxiety that at times did get in the way of me living my life. But going to therapy kind of taught me how to recognize I was having anxiety, how to deal with it. And like I could finally take back my life.
1: So BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours.
0: Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and True Crime Society listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com society. That's betterhel
1: dot society. The next case we're going to discuss is very messy. <laughs> It involves Texas influencer, Brittany Dawn. Brittany currently has 465,000 Instagram followers. And her bio says, Brittany Dawn, digital creator, Jesus seeker, kingdom chaser, wifey and founder. And she lists another company, I guess she's got. Letting God turn my mess into my message. She lives freed one day event. And then she's got a link to her website. Her bio on her website, which is Brittany-dawn.com. Says, hey girl, I'm Brittany Dawn, a Jesus loving, (laughs) (laughs) Jesus loving workout chasing, coffee drinking gal from Texas. For those of you who know me through the fitness realm, allow me to reintroduce myself. As fitness is merely a sliver of my life in its entirety. Outside of the social media world, I am a wife, a daughter, a God fearing soul protected with a shell. I am a kingdom chaser, a passionate believer, and madly in love with Jesus above all else. I am a daughter of the Most High King nevertheless i am organized sometimes on mondays and i'm always carrying a dose of awkward with me i laugh so hard that i get smile lines and some days cry enough tears to the point my eyelash extensions fall off but guess what that's what makes me me i know all things are made beautiful in god's image including the imperfect messy rough around versions of myself i stumble make mistakes and learn hard lessons always choosing to relentlessly pursue christ in the midst of chaos So it goes on and on. I won't read it all because we'll be here all day. But it ends with, let his refining fire chisel you. Welcome to imperfect, most days messy. flapped together with lash extensions and foundations. But oh so beautiful life. We get it. You wear eyelashes. (laughs) The whole vibe was, wow, what
0: a quirky but relatable human being. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, hey, what does it start with? Hey, hey, girl. Hey,
0: girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Peace, sign.
1: <laughs> so, she does also have a fitness website, which is bedawnfit.com, which we'll talk more about soon. As a bit of a background into Brittany, she's around 30 years old. She's from Texas, obviously. She's been married twice. She married her first husband, Zach Greason, in Selena, Texas, in April 2016. There isn't too much information online about why they got divorced or what happened, but Zach posted on Twitter in July 2021. It seems like it was a little bit messy. Ten years I spent with someone I knew could never be faithful to me. That's on me. I accepted the love I thought I deserved. I say that in hopes that you know you deserve more. For what, for the one I know needs to hear it, stop settling. That was very...
0: <laughs> Thanks, Zach.
1: Yes. So she married her second husband, Jordan Nelson, in September last year, September 2021. Her Instagram (laughs) wedding post, I have honestly never seen a post like it. You know, I know influencers get stuff for free and that's how it works. But her wedding post is next level. It says, the post you've all been waiting for, for the first time, Mr. and Mrs. Nelson. And then she proceeds to list all the vendors, I'm guessing, who gave her stuff for free. So even things like calligraphy, Um, coffee cart, guest book, wedding Bible, cotton candy, bakery, waffle bar, frozen yogurt. It's a lot. Like there's a lot going on there.
0: Or she just wants us to think that she got all this shit for free
1: too. Yeah. Her new husband, Jordan, is a former Kansas City police officer. There is a lawsuit that I believe is still ongoing in regards to Jordan. The American Civil Liberties Union of Missouri is suing him for excessive use of force against a man named Joshua Bills in 2013. So I know this was a while ago, but as far as I can tell, there hasn't been an outcome. So if you do know any more, let us know. The news agency KCUR.com has this article about it. It says, a dashcam video shows Bills immediately walk in and extended his empty arms outward. As five officers approached him, he turned around slowly and stood still. Within seconds, Nelson pulled him by his hand and kicked his legs out from under him, causing Bill's face to slam into the concrete. The ACLU legal director, Tony Rothett, said this takedown caused physical injuries, including a busted lip and loose, loose teeth, and a momentary loss of consciousness. He said, as you can see from the dash cam, Mr. Bill's was posing no threat whatsoever to any officer. So I think he must have been stood down from his job after that. And, you know, it seems to still be an ongoing problem for him. Um, This video is a clip of Brittany and Jordan from just a few days ago. So it kind of gives you a bit of an idea about what they're like as a couple.
5: Okay. What is something you had to adjust to when you got married? Pee on the floor. Hey. Men... they they aim and it's the middle of the night when it's the not the during night? the day it's the middle of the night <laughs> it's the middle of the night sometimes they miss and I don't turn the light on out of respect of not trying to <laughs> try not to wake her up and so I've had to wow adjust. we're just throwing that all out <laughs> and there And then they have selective seeing so they don't see it and so selective seeing <laughs> what's the one thing you have to just what do you have to just do about me this woman can't close <laughs> a door a bag like here's a story I, I love to tell. So, I don't like croutons. I hate them. I, I I just don't I just don't like croutons on my salad. Unpopular opinion, whatever. I'm sure there's going to be haters about that. Um like the crouton police out there. Uh whatever. That's my choice. I live in America. I cannot like croutons.
1: So, why is Britney actually an influencer? For years, she called herself a fitness influencer. She apparently became well-known after competing in quote bikini competitions bodybuilding events where they, you know, only stay in swimsuits and she launched her business BeDawnFit.com in March 2014. She claimed it promoted a holistic approach to health, including flexible dieting, effective training, balanced living and community support. At the time, Brittany did use hashtags for some of her posts, such as hashtag skip dinner and hashtag skip dinner, wake up thinner. So this kind of gives you an idea of the path that this might be going down. She promoted personalized nutrition and coaching plans to her Instagram followers. The plans were priced between $92 and $300, and each purchaser was told they would get personal advice with Brittany. I've seen some screenshots online where people paid over $500 to Brittany. Someone posted one of the meal plans on Pinterest and says, Breakfast on this plan is some variety of one scoop of protein, half a cup of oats, and one whole egg. Lunch and dinner is a protein like chicken or fish and green veggies. So one of our Instagram followers actually sent us a whole bunch of messages and said that they were someone who did purchase a package from Brittany. They said they took them months and months to actually get the package. They had to send their receipts. Basically, she wasn't forthcoming with what she'd promised for a very long time.
0: He was personalizing the plan for those months and months.
1: <laughs> this, I'll just read out one day. So this is Friday's meal plan. You have to eat six times a day. Meal one, three quarters of a cup of egg whites, half a cup of oats, one te- tablespoon of peanut butter and blueberries. Meal two is cottage cheese and rice cakes. Meal three, chicken, brown rice and broccoli. <laughs> meal four, turkey, green veggies, sweet potato. Meal five, chicken, asparagus and brown rice and um meal six is protein powder and peanut butter so it seems like the most basic meal plan that you could ever imagine that groundbreaking (laughs) (laughs) um and then like so she even forwarded us the email she got from britney it's she says hi Brittany, i bought the meal and exercise package over a week ago did you receive my receipt hope you're having a great day then britney writes go ahead and forward your receipt to me like it's just cringy there is. So anyway, you get an idea that there was no way these plans were personalized. They were just generic. Anyone would probably lose weight, but they probably also weren't healthy and tailored to what the person needed. Yeah. As Britney's followership at the time was so large, I think that some of them started chatting amongst themselves and they realized that their personal plans were actually not so personal and they got mad. The Guardian has a really good article on Britney, which I'll link in the blog. This is from that article. It says Corey really, who is one of Davis's clients in Wisconsin. Her name is Brittany Dawn Davis, by the way, if you see her referred to as Davis. One of Davis's clients in Wisconsin who suffered from an eating disorder said that she paid $115 for one of the customized plans, but that she never received specific guidance. She said the red flag started to go up. I was not individualized. I was not part of this team, Brittany Dawn. It set me back and it actually pushed me back into my eating disorder. There's a bunch of reviews online, which I'll pop them up on the blog if you want to um, have a look. But one of them says, if I could give Brittany Dawn zero stars, I would. I hate that I even have to give her one. She's running a scam business, tricking people into thinking that all of her programs are customized to each person individually. Running two fitness groups and deleting any comment when her customers have concerns about the way she runs her business. I bought a 30-day program two years ago and received the same generic response for every one of my check-ins. If I Even if I asked her a question, I always got the same response. Quote, you're doing great, babe. Don't change anything. (laughs) Once her former followers kind of started to get public with their concerns, Brittany made a YouTube video to apologize. It's now been deleted. But she said, I apologize to anyone who feels like they got scammed from me. I now realize that I should have had more help and that this is a lesson I'm having to learn the hard way. And for that, I am sorry. She also said that her intentions, quote, from the start were pure as she hoped to positive- positively impact as many women as possible. And she cried and she said that she wanted to put it all to rest. She also said at the time um, that she had been receiving death threats. She said, thank you for listening to my statement. I am so sorry. Unfortunately, with being human comes learning from making mistakes. This is, my heartfe- is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my heartfelt apology to move forward and make things right. And I please ask that the death threats end and for my family and friends to be left alone from here on out. So, Brittany clearly wasn't actually that sorry because she refused to offer refunds to many of the customers. She said she would give partial to full refunds for some of them, but she made them sign non disclosure agreements first. Once she realized, I think that people weren't going to come to her for fitness and health advice any longer, in 2019, she posted this YouTube video announcing that she was moving away from the fitness side of influencing and that she would be focusing on Christianity and lifestyle. So, the caption for this video is, This starts the beginning of a new pivot, a new chapter, a new direction. I hope that this message speaks to you in some way, shape or form today, sister.
6: 2019 has ultimately been an entire season of God just pruning my life. He has shown me the dirtiest, messiest, most dysfunctional, ugliest parts of myself, um, (laughs) which says a lot for me to be able to say that on camera, in order to guide me in the direction that He wanted to take me in the first place. He had to take me through a season of pruning in order to do the work that he has done and is doing in my life. And ultimately, he has just completely shifted the stands and he is contouring my life every single day in the most beautiful, intricate way that like I can't even begin to explain. If you guys have been following me this year, um, you guys know that I ultimately went into a season of hiding when everything happened. I didn't know how to handle it. Um, I, I didn't handle it very well at all, actually. and. That's a whole nother video in itself that I'm not quite ready for yet, but I went into hiding because I didn't know what to do. And honestly, um, there was a season where I wanted to quit. I wanted to get off social media for good. Um, I was over it. I was burnt. Um, a person can only handle so much, you know, hate and negativity and, you know, even the people that you follow with a social media status, like we are humans and we have feelings.
1: Following her move to refocus on Christianity, Brittany now hosts Christian retreats in different cities across Texas. She charges $125 for admission only. I had a look at the website and like they have frequently asked questions and it's like, do I get lunch? And she's like, there will be food trucks available, which I'm assuming means no, you buy from the food truck. Yeah. It seems like it's literally just admission that you get for your $125. These retreats, it says, promise a gospel-centred day with other God-fearing women, which is what her website says. And that also says that attendees will be, quote, sharing our hearts on preparing for difficult seasons, staying faithful on your walk with the Lord, and how our seasons of difficulty often lead to our kingdom calling. So there's a video or an article from BuzzFeed, and it has, I mean, Brittany seems to baptise people at these events and in, in the buzzfeed article there is her baptizing someone in a hotel bath <laughs> i'll like, put the photos on the blog but can i just start doing bullshit like this and people will give me money i just i i feel terrible for these people because someone who believes that this is obviously a legit thing must be so vulnerable and so looking to be you know included or looking for somewhere to belong and it just seems like she's still preying on people in terms of that
0: yeah it's sh- it's such a shitty thing to do because you're yeah. right. The people who do do it are doing it because they're trying to better themselves. It's something that they feel insecure about. Maybe they're like looking for friends or like a community, something to like get involved with. And people like all all of them just manipulate people
1: who are vulnerable. I got the Instagram post up about the baptism. So they like it's literally a hotel bath, and she's written, "The kingdom of God is here. I have no words for this weekend at the retreat." Dry bones came back to life. Shame, depression, panic attacks, and fear were sent back to the gates of hell where they belong in Jesus' name. Chains were broken. Word curses were uprooted. Girls surrendered to Jesus, gave their lives to Christ, and were baptized in the Holy Spirit. At 7 a.m. this morning, we had a baptism party in my hotel room. (laughs) I have had no sleep in 72 hours, yet I'm so fired up about what God is doing that I would do it all over again every day this week. Heaven's gates opened and his flood came down. You could feel the shift in the atmosphere as you entered the room. Thank you, Jesus, for pursuing your daughters and sons relentlessly every single day. Thank you, Jesus, for your unexplainable, incomprehensible, undeniable grace. See you at the next one on April 30.
0: <laughs> um, a hotel room <laughs> baptism party sounds real sketchy. <laughs> sounds Someone's
1: like something a- I would not <laughs> want to go to. No, it's very like, but, yeah, I just, I've got no words really.
0: And she really seems to think she's like this amazing
1: writer and I'm over it. (laughs) I feel tired after just reading that caption. (laughs) I'm defeated. So anyway, back to Brittany again. Things started to go wrong for her again in October 2021, which was not long after her wedding. She announced in a YouTube video to her then over 250,000 subscribers that her husband had shot the dog dead. There's a clip here of her talking about it.
5: Jordan and I had to run to Lowe's. We had to run to Home Depot. I don't even remember which one Lowe's. And, uh, we were just having to run some errands. And I left the pups out because usually they're, they're fine as long as they, uh, are not out for, like, you know, throughout the night. And so they never, they never get out. Like Remington goes adventuring, but, um, the road running up to the road has never been an issue for them and yesterday we came home after we got the stuff we needed at Lowe's and um turned to the corner onto our street and i uh i thought i saw Brody the closer we got to our driveway but i i I was like that's weird like why would he be at no and then i realized it was Brody and um i realized he wasn't moving and he wasn't standing and so I jumped out of the truck and um, Jordan didn't even have a chance to realize what it, what was going on and I just jumped and bailed out of his truck <laughs> and started running towards Brody and um, like I wish, I just wish I could unsee what I
1: had to see. Um, Brittany said that she let her dog Brody out of their fenced yard as he liked to go adventuring. He was struck and seriously injured by a car. She said, I wish I could unsee what I saw. He got hit so hard there was no saving him. So even though the dog was still breathing and he hadn't died, they decided not to take the dog to the vet. Her husband took the dog inside the garage and shot the animal. Brittany said, I knew what was about to happen. All I heard was his truck rev its engine so loud. That's when the gunshot went off, and poor Jordan had to do that for Brody so that he wouldn't suffer. There was no saving him; it was so bad. So there was a lot of backlash about this, um, you know, decision to kill the dog. There's some comments online that says Brittany John's ex, Brittany John's husband, shot her dog, and I can't believe the racist ex cop is already showing this much violence like one month into their marriage. Another one said, I cannot even fathom how Brittany Dawn allowed her husband to shoot their dog that was hit by a car instead of taking it to the vet. What an actual trash bag scum of the earth person. You're vile.
0: This was like a delusional thing to do to begin with. I mean, obviously it depends. Like if the dog really, really was hurt and was like really, really suffering, like I get it. But I feel like it's so delusional. Why would you share that on social media? Like literally no one
1: wants to hear that. No one wants to hear about that. And she could have just said, you know, the dog got hit by a car. That's it was awful. Like, she didn't need to go in the details. But in the video, yeah. she's been in the car crying. She's like, I've got no makeup on. It's just. Of course. She's <laughs> only human. Probably just got the eyelashes on. But, um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's it's, well, it's just, Why would
0: you think that'd go over well? Like, like, this just shows that she's delusional. Like, she just thinks, like, about, like, everything in her life is like, how am I going to get attention from this? So you don't, don't think know. about, like. People don't want to hear about how your dog was
1: shot. No. And I also wonder if she thought maybe people would think that her husband was this amazing, brave guy for doing this, when in the end it was... She probably did. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's the only reason she could have... She was so blind that she thought people were going to think that her husband was a great guy for putting this dog out of its misery, when it was actually the opposite You know that people thought. No self-awareness. So I think Brittany may have thought that she was getting away with these scams um, until February this year, so literally this month. So the state of Texas announced that they were suing Britney. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton filed the lawsuit against Britney and her company Britney Dawn Fitness LLC in the Dallas County Court on February 1. She's been accused of misleading customers who had eating disorders. The Attorney General says that the plans were not personalized as promise and said that Britney and her company, quote, largely ignored consumer complaints, including from one who almost passed out from inadequate nutrition. The Texas Attorney General also says that Britney and her business engaged in false, misleading and or deceptive acts and practices, and they violated the Deceptive Trade Practices Act. It is seeking between $250,000 and $1 million for civil pen- penalties, attorney's fees and costs. Other customers have also filed consumer protection complaints with the Texas Attorney General's Office. The complaints are about transactions between 2014 and in 2017, and at least one of the complaints mentions that a class action lawsuit is in the works against Brittany. So Brittany hasn't really acknowledged the lawsuits publicly or made a statement or anything like that, but she did make an Instagram post after it, and it says, Do you ever just start laughing at Satan's tactics? They are so petty and so obvious to us that are in the kingdom of God that you can literally just start audibly laughing. Satan is the pettiest. (laughs) So since the lawsuit was filed, Brittany has lost several sponsors on Instagram and YouTube. She was dropped by nutrition company Tropeka and by clothing brand Timeless Label. Mattress Branda Helix said it has also asked her to stop using affiliate links in her social media accounts. So an interesting thing is that we posted an article about Brittany being sued on our stories and I tagged her because, you know, she's an influencer and everyone because wants to say You it. have no shame. <laughs> anyway, I went back the other day just to have another look through her account and she blocked us. <laughs> we've never, we've never <laughs> spoken with her. We've never had any interaction with her besides that one tag about an article, like a legit published article about her. And she's blocked us. And ever since then, people are like, she blocks everyone. Anyone who ever says anything, you know, that goes against what she wants to portray, she blocks straight away. She should uh, get together with Gable. <laughs> yeah, they seem to work well together. Blocking crew. So if you want to check out her Instagram, it is her handle is at real dawn. I'll put it on the blog. Um, there hasn't really been any updates in the last week or two since the lawsuit was made public. The articles that are about her, like there's headlines like... Social media influencer a cause, accused of scamming thousands, plans Fort Worth spiritual retreat. But she's like still posting. Yeah, she's not in custody or like obviously, you know, she's just oh, out well, like, there. she also
0: has doesn't seem to just pretending everything's fine. Still posting to her story.
1: So yeah, her real like she's up there today, she's posted about it with a massage gun. She's posted photos of her plantation shutters that they waited four months for. I think the post that she posted has been taken down. There was a post I'm sure I saw it about that she posted about the Ukraine and about how she was starting a fast for people did. in Then I Ukraine. saw it
0: too. It's gone. It's she gone did. now.
1: Unless maybe it's just not loading because oh, yeah. Instagram is having strange. Yeah, it's not
0: loading for me either. And it was there when we were looking at it
1: before we started recording. It, I wonder if something's going on with her account because every like it's now I can't even see the amount of followers that she's got. That's what mine's doing. I can't see it loads,
0: but I can't see her post number, her followers, Yeah, her I, I can
1: see 912 posts, but I can't see followers or following. And there was 100% a post when we looked earlier about the Ukraine and about how let's all start a fast for the Ukraine. Yeah, she realize it's
0: not a great idea when you're being sued about mm-hmm. taking advantage of people with eating disorders.
1: So I'm not sure if that's an Instagram or if there's something going on with her account, but we'll have to keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye
0: on it from our private accounts, not True Crime Society, because <laughs> Olivia <because>. got <Glass> blocked.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, so I think that's it for this episode on social scammers. No doubt, this is going to be something that keeps coming up with new, you know, new victims, new scammers. Will uh, I feel like it's very interesting, and people seem to be really into these type of crimes? So-
0: yeah, definitely. Let us know if you want us to do more episodes on things like this, like scammers influencers things like that influencers being shitty just suddenly change it up different than the usual abducted kids family murders etc um if you want links to any of the stuff any of their social medias if you also want to get blocked by britney you <clears throat> can find the all the links everything possible Wayback machine stuff on our blog at true crime society olivia always makes a great blog so definitely check it mm-hmm. out two people who won't scam you on social media us right here <laughs> so follow us on instagram you can also follow our personal accounts mine is steph sum underscore s-t-p-h-s-u-m underscore olivia's is t-c-s olivia i think we could all spell that and our podcast account the main account where we post all the crime updates is true crime society pretty easy um, but definitely check those out. Follow us if you're interested. Promise we won't scam you. I'm trying to get better at like posting stuff now that people are, like want to follow me.
2: But <laughs> I feel
0: weird doing that because I'm like, no one cares what I'm doing. I always think that too. I'll try. Yeah. I'm <laughs> doing my best. We have our forum, truecrimessociety.com. Anonymous way to post. Great way to chat about crimes. And also, just a random, not random side note. This just reminded me, Facebook is hammering us again from <laughs> shit from three years ago. Like, what was it Ted Bundy memes or Jeffrey Dahmer? I think it was Jeffrey Dahmer memes. Probably old. Random serial killer memes that were posted three years ago. Literally, we have an alert saying our group is at risk. So if you are in our Facebook group and you're like, oh, that's fine, I get enough on Facebook, definitely. Follow us on Instagram, just in case, because apparently our group that we've had since 2017, with 200,000 over 200,000 followers, that was very active at one point before Facebook ruined it, is at risk of being deleted. (laughs) So fuck Facebook. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Instagram's owned by Facebook, but it's not as bad (laughs) yet. Yet, yeah. All right. uh, We'll probably be back next time. Maybe back to our usual murder, missing kids, missing people. Who knows what the cards hold but thank you guys for listening as always and we will chat with you next week. See ya. Peace out.